This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Round, everyone. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. And this week, we're talking about some trade targets if you are a rebuilding team. So a lot of people, you know, you're talking about contenders, pretenders, whatever. You have to know what you want to do. And I know sometimes if you know, you know. But if you don't know, you're in the right place. And if you want to know more, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind for $5 a month. You get access to written content, bonus podcasts, and a Discord chat that I'm actually taking part in so joining me like always we got my co-host nate christian Porkman simmons and chevin nooney gentlemen good evening how are we a little slurpy here today it's not too bad a little slurp slurp a little orange chicken for dinner i mean and and a couple thorns in the leg i mean it just happens this is a rough week we're gonna make boys we're gonna get through all apart here man nate i need to know what you're drinking uh decaf coffee Decaf instant coffee with oatmeal cookie oat creamer. So is it weird if I like instant coffee? No, I'm actually, I consider myself slightly a coffee snob and I actually drink a lot of instant coffee, but it's Hmm. mostly because I'm lazy and I don't feel like cleaning (laughs) up my really nice coffee maker. I had a Starbucks tonight. Uh, wow, immediately, immediately after I went to the dentist, so uh, probably not the best time to do it. No, but here we are, and I had an right. Americano, so I'm all hopped up on caffeine, which is good because we have a Patreon episode, which hopefully you'll be hearing soon. Fortunately, my brother-in-law Vinny will not be hearing it because it's week six or seven of him not signing up for Patreon. So, Vinny. when when no, do you pick? This, when do you like handle? get rid of him as a family member? I don't think that's my decision to make. <laughs> I'm guessing it already would have happened. You can pull some strings, though. Um, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> so, throw some fab not... in there. I think you can make it work, man. Exactly. If we're trading Vinny for three dollars fab, I mean, you guys know how much I love fab, but <laughs> I, think I could get more for Vinny than three dollars fab. I could get at least the twenty twenty three fifth. So I'm going to hold out for that. Um, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. But let's talk some trade targets. So you know, we're going to start with running backs. Kind of the way we do it here, running back, wide receiver, tight end, just like how it looks in your lineup on the uh, the Sleeper app, which I do prefer Sleeper myself. We're zero um, quarterback around here. This is true. We are zero QB around here. You know who your quarterback targets are? Lamar Jackson. That's right, Mike. It's going to be quarterback one. He, yeah, I think he very well could be. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes this year, for the record. Losing Tyreek Hill, I think, hurts him. 
unless Nicole Hardman takes that step up. Um, so, so some things to know. Hold on a second. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. All, it was a long day. All right. So, <laughs> why are we acquiring these players while we're? Well, I thought you were about to ask why are we podcasting. And I was like, Mike, come on. It's Tuesday. <laughs> It's been a long. Game. It's been a long day. The receptionist quit at work. Um, so in the next oh, two man. weeks, I'm going to. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up doing most of her work because my boss just isn't going to hire anybody. Because that's how he is. So, uh, yeah, my busy job's going to get busier. Can't wait. So, hey, why are we buying these guys in a rebuild? You know, wh- what kind of price are we happy to spend on some players? So I'll kick it off here. My number one, a guy that I've never been too high on, but. Again, we're rebuilding. I like to go for value and upside when I'm rebuilding. And sometimes change of scenery is good. And you'll see that throughout the rest of my podcast. That's a little bit of a theme. That's Ronald Jones going into Kansas City. He's going to be backing up, likely backing up Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, Jarek McKinnon started for Kansas City in the playoffs last year. And Darrell Williams was relevant during the regular season, a.k.a. during the fantasy season. So, you know, when it counted the most, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't really have Clyde Edwards Lair on the field. Roach is a little bit bigger as far as uh, weight wise, they're roughly the same. He's a good receiver. Uh, he did average 4.5 yards per carry over his career as well. According to May's DLF ADP, June's is not out yet. He's running back 47, whereas Clyde Edwards Lair is running back 28. So you can see a big drop off there. You could potentially be paying for better value here. Um, and some trades I've seen. They have him for just a second round pick or combination second, third, one as late as an early fourth round pick. So I don't think Ronald Jones is too, too steep to acquire right now. I definitely like any pieces of the Kansas City offense running back wise. Um, I don't know really, aside from Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey, who I trust as a wide receiver. Mahomes is still going to be good. Like I said, not the quarterback one. I don't feel. Um, So I'm going to try to pick up Ronald Jones. I've tried in a couple leagues so far unsuccessful, but I will keep trying in other leagues. So shall we move on? Phil, I was actually a little surprised by your selection because I think that you and I, as Eagles fans tend to shy away from Eagles players. Mm -hmm. Tell me why you're buying Miles Sanders. Um, I'm buying Miles Sanders is based off of some of the drafts I've done uh, recently. Um, Mox, as well as uh, some other drafts that I've been doing. And I've been seeing Miles Sanders just going towards, you know, um, the eighth, ninth round, even some in the tenth round. And I think it's just a lot of people that's just soured on him based off of last year. Um, and I see him going as a rebuild just due to just basically that. Um, on Keep Trade Cut, he's the running back 29. Um, for him to be a starting running back in the league, with with only uh, Boston Scott and another receiver, I can't think off the top of my head right now. It's behind him. Um, Kenneth Gainwell. I believe. We say it again. Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. Exactly. And they got Kennedy Brooks um, there, but he was UDFA. Yeah. So I mean, just seeing those two that's behind him, I feel as though he projects as a possible three down back. He can't catch the ball out of the backfield, and. I know last year he didn't have any touchdowns, but, you know, last year was a transition year. We got Nick Sirianni as the new head coach. Um, Jalen Hurts is trying to get his feet wet in the NFL um, on the, on his team for a full season. And I think this year I, I see uh, a big progression in his uh, 
and, and, and how he does and um, how he's playing in his prior years. Um, I know he hasn't run for a, a thousand yards, but then if you look at the stats per se, he's only had about 130 to 140 carries a season. And I'm not really understanding why well, I know someone was due to injury, played 12 games, um, two straight seasons. So um, on top of that, I just think, you know, in the new season, Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a running quarterback. You know, you know, Nate knows how uh, quarterbacks open up lanes for your running backs. And we mm-hmm. see how Jalen Hurts runs the ball. And, you know, they have to account for him. So it's going to open up some lanes for Miles Sanders. So and also, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is a contract year as well. So he's going to be running to to get that bread. Everybody's going to get that bread for it for this uh, for this option. So he can, you know, make his money for next year. So I think I think you can acquire them for um, probably like two firsts. I've seen um, on on a couple sheets that I've uh, that I've looked through just because of they're scared of his, him not scoring any touchdowns. You know, Jalen Hurts will will vulture some touchdowns for you. But I, I think, you know, based off of what we've seen and how he can play, um, I don't want everyone to base everything on what he had uh, last year because last year I believe was just an anomaly. Um, I think he's going to come back uh, guns a-blazing. He'll have more than 28 receptions. I think that was his career high. Um, I think he can have more than that as well and and have more touchdowns um, for that. Two um, seconds for Sanders, Bob, not two okay. first. Two seconds sounds good. I will say this. Miles Sanders has averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Over yeah, I was going to say that as well. Pork, actually, his career high reception-wise was his rookie year. He had 50 catches. Uh, 509 yards so i like the miles sanders pick um feel like people are really down on him so he's one eagle i'm actually happy to take a shot on and i agree with you could definitely be a three down back also if you look at the way the team played last year um after the detroit game hurts didn't run as many of the rpos he was handing off to his running backs more and i think i think people forget about that so that's something that keep that in your back pocket and Say, hey, Hertz is going to vulture the touches. Definitely try to get Sanders a little bit cheaper. So I think, I like- though, we have to. Are you worried about him stealing touchdowns from Sanders? Sanders ended the season with zero, and um, Jalen Hurts ended with 10. I mean, uh, are I you think, worried about I think that? It was, think I think it anomaly? was based off. Uh, Nick, Nick Sirianni uh, had an issue with him fumbling. And I didn't think that he felt comfortable with him in the red zone. So that's why we did see a lot of Boston Scott. We did see a lot of Kenneth Gainwell in the red zone as well at that time. And Jordan Howard when he was there last year. Um, Jordan Howard's not there. Um, I think, you know, another season, another offseason. Because I believe, Mike, he had a wrist injury or hand injury of some sort. And I think that's why he was out. And that's what caused him to fumble. So I think that was one of the reasons why uh, he didn't get those touchdowns last year. So, you know, like I said, last year is an anomaly. I think he'll get up upwards to, you know, maybe six or seven touchdowns this year and, you know, give you a solid RB2 uh, season for this year. And if they sign him um, for the next year for to a long-term deal, I think he can be uh, good for your rebuilding team. So crazy. Miles Sanders goes from being like a top five running back in Dynasty and then now he – I don't know where he ended RB, up. 28, RB29. Like RB28, 29 crazy. around that. Value can change remember, so quickly. Remember when he was a first round startup pick? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Two years ago. Ooh, running boy. backs are fun. I How said, do not do that. All right. So let's move on. And the guy who is not a first round startup pick, Nate, who do you have 
for your <laughs> rebuilding running back target, Mr. Yeah. Zero RB himself. That's that's apparently me. That's how my draft's been going recently. Um, this is a guy I have on a lot of my teams, and I have held through the injury. Uh, I'm, I'm looking towards the future. It's James Robinson. You know, through his first two years, incredible production on a Jags team that was not good, still produced at a high level. Um, last, last year, he had some injury at the end of the season. He also had Urban Meyer, which, you know, it's really hard to overcome Urban Meyer, apparently. And he still finished uh, as an RB2 last year. So a guy that produces when he's on the field, I'm not sure how much he'll get on the field this year. And he does have Travis Etienne to compete with as well. But I'm sure he'll get on the field by the end of the season and kind of get work himself back into that routine and be able to produce, which is going to set him up nicely for a free agency run because he's an undrafted free agent, which means he only has a three-year contract. So this guy's going to hit the open market a year before other running backs of his age. So he's going to be a free agent. He'll only be like 24 years old. I think he's going to lock down a pretty decent second contract and probably be the main starter. Uh, let's say he goes to the Atlanta Falcons next year. You know, even if they draft someone late day two or early day three, you know, James Robinson's going to be locked into that starter position. I think that's where he's going to be next year. He's going to be a starter. And when James Robinson is healthy and on the field, that's a guy you want on your team. I think he, he gets paid a decent amount to, you know, be the RB1 or at least the RB1A for a committee. And I think at that point, when he's right now RB40 on keep trade cut, it is definitely worth the gamble. If you're not looking forward uh, to the end of this season and trying to win a championship this season, James Robinson is bound to be better than RB40 next year uh, because he's a free agent. He's going to go somewhere. He gets to pick where he wants to go. He's going to go somewhere that he's going to get volume. He's going to get touches. People are going to use him the correct way. And really, it's anywhere anywhere is up compared to the Jaguars. So James Robinson, he's got upwards value baked into his current RB40 ADP. So a guy you can go out there, you can probably acquire for one second. Um, if, if it's during your rookie draft, you probably can even get him for uh, you know a mid to late second. So a guy I'd go out there, try to maybe throw in two as a throw-in piece for one of your, your package deals. But a guy, if you're looking towards the future, I would definitely try to acquire because running backs are scarce. And if you can get one for cheap to give you one or two years of production in the future, go ahead and grab it now. All right. So now, do you have any do you have any questions due to his injury? That's that was my biggest thing because I wanted to pick yes. James Robinson too. That Achilles is is crucial for me. So yeah, I'm not really sure how he's gonna look, you know, this year or next year. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen these injuries and Achilles is definitely not a great one, especially for running backs. You know, we've seen that in the history, but Cam Akers came back from his really, his really quickly. Um, I've heard, you know, we've all done a lot of research on Achilles injuries because of Cam Akers and now James Robinson. And it sounds like they're doing them a different way than they used to, like in the, like the mid two thousands, which is one of a lot of our other examples are from. And it sounds like they're, they're doing it in a way, especially combined with the surgery and the physical therapy rehab that it's much quicker um they're getting up the speed much faster and you know they might never be 100 percent again uh you know that's a it's a hard one to come back from but i think james robinson even at 90 percent is still going to be you know a guy you're going to want to be able to start on your fantasy lineup for the next year or two all right perfect so uh we're going from so far we have one free agent two players that could be a free agent and let's go to another one chef who do you have for us yeah, and it's a guy we've talked about a lot, I feel like, in the last few weeks on our podcast, and it's Josh Jacobs. 
Josh Jacobs is going to be 24 this season. I mean, for me, that's not very old running back wise. I feel like he's got another three to four years probably until he sees a decline. He's seeing an uptick in his receiving as well. So, I mean, it's something that other teams are going to see. They say, hey, man, Josh Jacobs is pretty good at receiving the football. Why don't we try to get him in our offense and do the same thing? So even if he doesn't stay with the Raiders, which I don't know why they would keep him if they didn't give him his option. It makes zero sense to me. They're going to have to pay him more next season anyways if they did. So that makes no sense for him to go back, in my opinion. Uh, I I still think he's going to have – a lot of suitors looking to get him next season. And then Nate said Atlanta, Josh Jacobs in Atlanta would be pretty sweet as well. I mean, yeah. that'd be a pretty sweet spot for him, especially with an offense that probably is going to be down a little bit, but they're probably going to get a quarterback in the draft. I would imagine. And they're probably going to be up and running in the next few years. And I think Josh Jacobs can be a guy that helps set the tone for that offense. If he were to move there, I just believe in the talent. I think he's a good running back, and I believe he's going at RB23 on sleeper is where his ADP is at right now. And this guy's finished top 12 the last two seasons pretty easily, 11 and 8, I believe. And that's the production you want to find if you're a rebuilding team. If you can find the RB23 and get him into your lineup and he's running back one, you got a little jump start to your rebuild there, in my opinion. And you're going to have to probably give up better chunk of change than what the other guys, people that they brought on. But if you can somehow find a way to give a 2022 late first, I, I think you're all aboard. I think we have a lot of question marks after probably 107, I believe, is kind of where I switch it up. So I, I think that's a good value for him if you're able to get him. Maybe if you have to throw in a third, I think it's definitely definitely a good choice for you to do so. He's a good running back that's showing that he's a dual threat. And I, I think he's going to be a, a good running back for the next four years for your lineup. And, if you're not trying to win right now, that's okay. He can still plug and play with him no matter what. Yeah. Chev, I do agree with you, like two or three years as a high-end starter. Mm-hmm. But with his receiving ability, there's a possibility that he's somewhat relevant after that too. Yeah. Not as what we're expecting now, but still startable, you know, low-end RB2, RB3 flex play, something yeah. like that. So love the Jacobs pick. And really, Josh Jacobs is one of those things – where you you could really say for rebuilding and for a contending team too. Mm-hmm. I feel like he goes both ways there, but fantastic pick. Um, last one here, and I think Alexander Madison is a good kind of sneaky little buy low backup, kind of forgotten about, even not so forgotten about, but they got Dalvin Cook. Ty Chandler was brought in as well from UNC, guy that I liked, guy that Nate probably didn't like as much as me. I don't remember. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, but Ty Chandler is there. And he's younger, and he could do a lot of things that Alexander Madison can, and he could do them much cheaper. So currently, Alexander Madison is the RB51, and that's, again, according to May's DLF ADP. He's got a good size weight combo of 5'11", 215. You know he can handle a workload. How do I know that? He has spelled Davin Cook a lot. Davin Cook misses times. So last year as a starter, which was four games, he ran the ball for 80, 86 times, 356 yards, and two touchdowns. So he averaged over four yards carry, and he caught 16 passes for 162 yards and one touchdown. So he averaged 8.3 yards per reception. Now, he will also be a free agent after the season. He has a potential to be a starter. You could be sitting out there saying, well, does this ever actually happen, Mike? Do you have any examples of when guys were backups and then they go to be starters? As a matter of fact, I do. Michael Turner was a backup to LaDainian Tomlinson, and Ryan Matthews was a backup as well. Now, were they super fantasy relevant? 
you got a couple good years out of him. Ryan Matthews would have been much longer had he not gotten banged up a lot, but he was a good, strong runner. Maybe ran a little too hard for his own good. And guys like Thomas Jones, Mark Ingram, they also left their respective teams as free agents. And you got some, you got some good usage out of them too. So you got to kind of buy on the dip. You know, when values are down, buy and take a shot. And listen, you're a rebuilding team. That's why you're listening to this. So that's why you have the ability to take that chance, get Alexander Madison. Realistically, you could plug him and play him if you're doing a productive struggle type of lineup, a.k.a. every lineup that I have. So, yes, I like Alexander Madison. His value ranges anywhere. I mean, the trades that I saw were just all over the place. When I look for trades in DLF's Trade Finder, I look for as straight up as possible without too many moving pieces. By the way, some of the trades that you people are doing are just completely off the wall. I don't know what some of you guys are thinking. He ranges anywhere from a third uh, or less to older declining prospects, I think. So it's just, it's one of those things. Uh, I think you could get him pretty, pretty cheap. So uh, one quick discussion that I wanted to have. Do you think we should be buying guys like Jonathan Taylor or Javante Williams if you're in a rebuild? I mean, these are guys that are being perceived as the dynasty running backs one and two. You know, does it make sense to buy these guys or do you want to be wasting them on your team while you're rebuilding me personally? I'm not, I don't want to give up that draft capital. I would probably rather invest it in a high end young wide receiver, like the asthmatic Traylon Burks over, you know, guys that already have some NFL wear and tear. I don't want to say that draft capital for later, but what do you guys think? You know, looking forward and knowing what's coming out of the college ranks, I don't know why you would give up, you know, three first for JT or two first for Javante Williams when you can just get Bajan Robinson next year at the top of the 23 first round, or you can get Jameer Gibbs, who's, you know, maybe he's the next Alvin Kamara. Maybe you got Bajan Robinson, who's, you know, a similar player to JT. I mean, these are, those are legitimate ceilings that those two players can reach. And there's many more players beyond them in next year's class, as well as the 24 class. So, Really, if you're rebuilding, your focus should be on quarterbacks and wide receivers, and then you fill in the running backs with your draft picks. So you need to acquire that draft capital. You can acquire, you know, the wide receivers through trade, but then draft the running backs because that's the cheapest you're going to get those stud running backs is through the draft. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I was looking at I was looking at uh, a rookie draft from one of my leagues from last year. Javante Williams went like in the, the the ninth pick in the first really? round. It was, I think it was actually the hometown zeros league, Mike. I think um, that the eighth pick was ETN and the ninth pick was Javante Williams. And that is the cheapest you're ever going to get Javante Williams until he's 26, 27. So, Remind me, did I have that set up where the startup and the rookie drafts were separate? Yes, I hated okay. it. <laughs> you hated it. That's why and I, I made it very clear in the other league. Yes, we know you did. <laughs> We know you did, and that's why we like you. So, guys, are we all in? We all in agreement on that one? Then? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I there's no reason to give up three first, four first for those guys. I mean, JT owners are going to be going crazy saying, "I want this, I want that." Mm-hmm. It's not worth it to just give up all your assets right now. If you're rebuilding, there's no reason to try to go get that running back to win the league if you're not ready to win the league. You know? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Shall we move on to wide receivers then? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Hold on, I'm trying to scroll down here. Perfect. All right. So, Nate, let's start with you. Who is somebody that you are targeting if you are rebuilding and you need a wide receiver? See, it's funny. You were talking about how you and Pork don't like to get Eagles players. <laughs> you know, maybe it says something about your team because I love having Ravens players. <laughs> <laughs> I want as much Lamar Jackson as I can have. I want as much J.K. Dobbins, as much Mark Andrews. And I want as much Rashad Bateman as I can get because Marquise Brown is out in the, the desert now, which leaves Rashad Bateman as the wide receiver one on this team. And Marquise Brown was talking about how, you know, he didn't really fit the system. And I know everyone who's a Ravens fan has problems with Greg Roman as our offensive coordinator. And this year with a hopefully healthy team, we're going to be much more run heavy using a lot more two and three tight end sets than we were able to use last year. But Marquise Brown still saw 146 targets as a wide receiver one on the Ravens. Now he's gone. Rashad Bateman steps in as the wide receiver one. And behind him, you got Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, and Tylen Wallace, who I like all on their own as prospects, but none of them stand out as, you know, great wide receiver twos for this team. They're going to kind of fill that wide receiver two, wide receiver three gap through attrition uh, just as a group kind of switching in and out. That wide receiver group is absolutely led by Rashad Bateman. And he's the kind of guy that can win down the field, close to the line of scrimmage. His route running is great. He's got great length and catch radius. I think he's going to be a chain mover for Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to you know, be anything like Hollywood Brown with the yards after the catch. But I think this is a guy that you know, he, he can see 120 targets this coming year. And I think he's going to catch most of them. And there'll probably be a lot of first downs. So he's going to... You know, if he, sees, if he sees 120 targets, say he catches, you know, 90 of them, he's going to cross 1,000 yards. And I think he's a guy that's going to do well in the red zone too um, because teams are going to be focusing on Mark Andrews. And believe it or not, at the beginning of last year before Lamar Jackson had his injury, he was actually at the top of the league for passing outside the numbers. So this is a guy that I think is going to go really well with Lamar Jackson. Rashad Bateman, when he was in the field last year, Lamar love throwing to him. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. Uh, I'm, I'm hyped about Rashad Bateman. I think he finishes this year as the top 24 wide receiver. So bye now. Would anyone like to dispute that he would, will finish as that and put it on the board pork. <laughs> it's always pork. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get pork drunk. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, shirts off. I think I'll just, I think I'll keep it. I think I'll, I think I'm kind Not of with like. Nate on that one. Only because only because there is no more Hollywood Brown there. And Rashad Bateman, we saw what he can do um in college and it's just based off of from what we saw and in college and there's no Marquise Brown. Give me give me all the Rashad Bateman because it's only him and Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. We know we love ourselves some James Prochet and Tylen Wallace, but the the gap there for for talent is is there. So let me get <laughs> let me get the uh let me get the Bateman. Yeah, I'll take I'll take top 24 as well, unless you two want to go against us. And then, you know, we can do a, a double double. Mike, do you think that Devonta Smith is going to have more points than Rashad Bateman? Um, no, I don't. He's yeah, the number two in the offense. And they're going to I love to say I'd love to come out here with a hot take and say that Rashad Bateman's going to have more points than A.J. Brown. But I'm not that confident. I think they'd probably be Ooh. pretty similar, though. No, I just I really feel like um, A.J. Brown is going to work good with Jalen Hurts, which, by the way, they're best friends. And I think it's funny. Every time the Eagles sign someone, um, it's Jalen Hurts' best friend. Like I don't know how one person could have so many best friends. Um, but it's I like feel the like, opposite of that quarterback in draft day. 
<laughs> Everyone came to Jalen Hurts' birthday party. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny, too, because like Jalen Hurts is the opposite of me because I have no friends. And Jalen Hurts, everyone's <laughs> best friend. Um, but I just feel like A.J. Brown's going to work really well with a quarterback that isn't the most accurate because he's so rangy and so good after the catch. So I think A.J. Brown's going to have a fantastic, fantastic year. But um, he I'm, I'm convinced Mike just didn't get invited to Jalen Hurts' birthday party, so that's why he hates him so much. <laughs> everyone else went except for Mike. I was there. But I, I, I will – go, Mike. Yeah. You guys watch The Office? You know how Michael and Toby are? Yeah, he's my yeah. Toby. <laughs> I love it. I'll, I'll put Mooney up against Bateman if you want to do that. I'll take a shot oh, bet on that. Absolutely. I mean, I like, I like Mooney a lot this year. I think he has a basically unlimited ceiling with Justin Fields and the same gap of yeah. wide receiver talent. But, yeah, let's, let's, let's put it on the board. So is I will say is higher? Is that put on the board, yeah. Bob? I think I would Whoever do Devontae Smith over Bateman too, though. Ooh, oh, I'll go there too. Give me all the Bateman. <laughs> Mike, you got to choose somebody else now. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll take Devontae Adams Bateman over Rashad Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> Bateman what a guy. Screw me over. What a guy. It's either all, it's a huge win or a huge loss. <laughs> Bateman reminds me, though, of like a little Michael Thomas action, man. He's just a nice chain. Like you say, he's, he's going to yep. move the chains. I just see it. When I was watching his highlights this last year, I'm like, what did Bateman do good? Where was he best at? And it was just moving the chains, little slant routes, little mm-hmm. running across the field routes. Like, it just reminded me of Michael Thomas so much. Those and I pearls, think those it, comebacks. Yeah, I think it'll be good for Lamar Jackson too. It's not something he has to dig down deep and throw it very far. It's short, accurate pass, move the chains, let's keep rolling, let's run the football. So I like Bateman a lot this year. I, I kind of changed my mind on him halfway through the offseason just from watching the the film a little bit that's what happens when you watch the film you don't look at the numbers you learn some things so yeah. i do like Bateman moving forward this year for sure all right so bob if we could relay this to sean <laughs> um so pork thinks Devontae smith is going to finish higher than rashad Bateman, and chev thinks that mooney is going to finish higher than rashad Bateman. yep perfect there we what, go what's We're on that? the board you got it. And, and Mike thinks. I, why, I don't have to be in it. Uh, do I have to pick someone? Do I have to pick like one of my guys? Sounds like Belli- Bellinger. <laughs> yeah, <Daniel laughs> Bellinger. No, absolutely not. No, you, to that we can figure it out on the Patreon show, Mike. Don't we'll figure go. it out later. Go. Sounds good. Uh, but Chev was talking about rolling on. So let's do that ourselves. And no, I'm not doing Kenny Yaboa. <laughs> 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 I just had to cut loose all my Kenny Yaboa shares. Don't do this to me right now. Dante Pettis. Bring it back. Good place for the Bears, Ooh. I think, now. Oh, man. The, the Dante Pettis World Tour turns on. But, uh, Chev, who do you got since our, our tour is going to be rolling on here? What do you got for us? <laughs> the Yaboa with the 190-point handicap. That would be worth it. No, the guy I'm going with is Rondell Moore. He's a guy I really liked last season. I thought he landed in a really good landing spot in Arizona. And it, for whatever reason, it just seemed that he didn't fit last year. It just seemed like they started out strong with him, had him in the offense. I don't know if he got injured a little bit. I think he did, but he just kind of drifted away. And then there was another game where he had 11 targets for 11 catches for like 30 yards. So, I mean, not too exciting, but I think Rondell Moore has a lot of success coming his way in the first six weeks of this season coming up. I think he could be a guy that catches fire early on, and he just uses that to his momentum for the rest of the season. He's going to be a guy also that's in uh, the kick return game, probably punt return as well. 
as long as he's on the field, I think he can do some great things. I mean, we have Marquise Brown, who's going to be a speedster down the field. We have Rondell Moore, who can be a slot guy, speedster as well. He's not a little short, gadgety guy. I mean, he can run pretty quick. He can catch the ball well. And at camp last year, I saw him make a catch over one of our defenders. I mean, it blew up on Twitter. I don't know why it got so so many hits, but it went crazy. I like Rondo more for this season. It's in an offense that's top eight in run plays. Like, they're going to move the football a lot. They're going to try to sling the football down the field. They're going to try to be that explosive offense that is going to be needed to beat some of these teams like the, the Rams, the Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers. I mean, there's a lot of teams that the Cardinals are going to have to go through to make it to the championship next year. And I think Rondo Moore is a guy that has to turn it on for them to compete. And I think he will do so. I think they'll learn to get him on the field as much as possible and help the team around him, especially with Zach Ertz. I mean, it gives him a lot of open space if uh, Rondo Moore and Marquise Brown are just taking the top off. So Rondo Moore is a guy who is like, ADP 58 in wide receiver. So you don't really have to give too much to get this guy. And he could be a piece that it blows up pretty quickly for him. And then possibly you can even move him for another piece later on. I mean, just because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you have to keep these guys either. I mean, you got to look at their future as well. I think Rondo Moore is a guy that I would love to have on my team moving forward. If he's on my taxi squad, I think he's going to do big things this upcoming season. All right. So Chev sticking with the hometown Cardinals there. Uh, he's taking Rondell Moore. Phil, hi. I was a little surprised when I saw this one from you, to be honest yes. with you. Um, so explain yourself why you have chosen who you did for your rebuilding wide receiver target. <clears throat> Again, um, so we're basing this off of rebuilding a wide receiver target. Um I'm talking about DJ Chark. I know Bob's going to hate me for this. I know Bob freaking hates DJ Chark. Bob will find any reason to to hate you. Don't worry. (laughs) He's going, he's going to the Detroit lions. Um, It's him and Jamison Williams and I'm Arase Brown. Um, I think this is the perfect uh, team for him to go to at this point. Cause you know, all the, all the attention is not going to be on him. You know, once Jamison comes back from his injury, um, he's going to be taking the top off of stuff. And I'm and Rob Brown. I'm Ross St. Brown probably going to be working stuff up the middle. Um, with DJ Chark coming back, yes, he's ha- he's had um, a thousand yard season, but it was with Gardner Minshew, and you know, for what it's worth, he he did play good that year. But then the next year, you know, it's Jacksonville. Every it seemed like every star receiver that's playing Jacksonville can't become a star because he's in freaking Jacksonville. So you have to go elsewhere to showcase your talents. Um, couldn't really see much of last year because he was injured. Um, so going with Detroit. Um, and with the value um, that you're getting with um, at the ADP, I believe is 60 at this point um, on keep trade cut. I would take a lot of guys over him. I'll, I'll take, I will take him over a lot of guys that's around that area. Um, and I think you can probably buy him for maybe a, a third for a possible wide receiver one or wide receiver two on that team. Um, we all know we saw Amarad St. Brown did last year for them. He did really well. Uh, but it was only him at that time. So I kind of want to see how he's doing with those other uh, receivers on that team. So that will open up a lot for a lot of people as well. You know, they do have a DeAndre Swift and a TJ Hawkinson. So I do like that. Uh, I, I like that pick a lot for him. So if you're rebuilding, 
Um, we all know it feels like Detroit is going to be drafting a quarterback next year, obviously, because Jared Goff will not be there forever. So if they can get a C.J. Stroud or or I'm not a big fan of Bryce Young, but I will just say C.J. Stroud mm-hmm. for right now. And then I'll look at the other quarterbacks coming out in this class. Um, and he signed. A, uh, I don't know if it's a one year deal. I believe it was a one year deal. So if he does do good this year, they can resign him. And he can pop. And, like, again, it's a contract year. I'm just pretty much picking guys that's on contract years because they want to make that bread. So they're going to, you know, do the best they can um, and get over a 1,000 yards. He's done a 1,000 yards before. Um, I think he has 17 uh, receptions over 20 yards. Yeah, over 20 yards when he was in Jacksonville the year he had um, 1,000 yards. So he has that speed to, to take the top off as well. So if you had to worry about either G.J. Chark or Jamison Williams on both sides, it's either pick your poison. He's going to – Jared Goff is going to pick which one and, and go ham. And, you know, Detroit <laughs> is going to be losing. So if Detroit's losing, they're going to be chucking the ball up. So you got you to gotta pick one. And I think – People are going to be worrying about Jamison more than DJ Chark. So he has a possibility to get a thousand yards this year and a, a good maybe five, six touchdowns. So I think that will be good for you. And Jared Goff, quarterback one. Seriously. I, I Jared like Goff and Jared Goff is a good quarterback. He has talent. There's talent around him. So if you you have you have all those guys as well as a DeAndre Swift. So you have good, like about five good five good targets. To a point where you know we're talking about rebuilding teams, get yourself a cheap Jared Goff. People are, are writing this guy off because he got traded to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. I mean, it worked for them because no Stafford won a Super Bowl, but Jared Goff is he has the possibility to have a, a low end QB one or a high end QB two season because of the talent that he has on that team. If Char gets a thousand yards, I'll take a shot 100%. 100%. Being put on the board? Oh yeah, you can put on two boards. Nate, do your thing with your hand. You're better at it than I am. You put, put it on, on the my board, board. Chef. Because <laughs> uh, I've always, I've always been a big uh, Chark fan. I just know Bob hated me for it for a lot, but he said he doesn't hate it for what it's worth. So you'll take a shot if he gets a thousand yards too. Yeah. All right, and you'll well, take. I'm two gonna take a shot for both. Shoot. Why not? All right. Poor just wants a shot, bro. I don't think that's how it works. Do. So in uh, <laughs> the moment, it appears as though I skipped myself um, in this part of the exercise, so I apologize. Um, one of my rebuilding wide receiver targets is Brian Edwards. And again, trying to go for some value and some ceiling here. Wide receiver 83 on May's DLF ADP. So he is cheap, cheap. He's got a new start, but with a familiar face at quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Likely the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons for right now. So Brian Edwards is going to kind of slide in across from Drake London. Uh, value is fairly low. And I've seen his his value ranging anywhere from like a mid-second to a fourth-round pick. So it's all over the place. And if you're in a couple of leagues, I, I feel like, you know, you could just really maybe start with like a third. Maybe see, again, you're rebuilding. So what do you have? Could you trade higher-end asset for this plus, plus, plus? And use that to retool in your draft or next year, possibly. I just I like the situation that he's in where he doesn't have to be the guy because I feel like a lot of the hype around him at one point in time was in a couple of years he's going to be the guy. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like he's going to have that pressure on him in Atlanta. Um, I think he's going to be a nice number two opposite of Drake London. Well, really a number three after Pitts, London, and uh, himself. Yeah. Yes, Chef. 
a nice number too. I, I don't know why that made me laugh. Man. I'm sorry. So I, you know what? I, I should probably think about what I'm saying more. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a solid number two. Good, so there we go. All right. Well, hey, you know, if you have a solid number two, you don't have to get that checked out. But um, speaking of part twos, number twos, Nate, I believe you have one more wide receiver that you would acquire if you're rebuilding. Yeah, so I was writing an article for our friends over at Dynasty Owner last week, and I was doing some sophomore wide receivers and running backs to target. Um, and Every now and then, I write an article and I convince myself on a player. And this time, doing some research, I convinced myself that, hey, I probably should look at acquiring a Kadarius Tony share or two because – you know, he's been underrated since he came in. He was a first-round draft pick last year, but, you know, he was one of the lowest-drafted first-round wide receivers from last year's class. Um, his ADP has actually gone down compared to last year. And all that happened last year was, you know, he, he was injured. He only played in 10 games, and the Giants' offense was terrible. But he was the brightest star in that terrible, terrible wide receiver core. And all they added this year was Wandale Robinson. I like Wandale but he's not going to be any better than Kadarius Tony. He's like a lesser version of Kadarius Tony. So I'm believing in Kadarius Tony that he is still the most talented wide receiver in this group. He's more talented than everyone else there, except for maybe Kenny Galladay, but I don't trust Kenny Galladay to play more than three, three snaps, let alone three games. So, and I was looking at his efficiency stats because something about Kadarius Tony is when he was healthy and when he was on the field, he did really well. When he was on the field, he had a 28.9% target rate, which was seventh in the NFL. So when he was on the field, Daniel Jones was throwing the ball to him. And when he threw the ball to him, he was averaging 2.13 yards per route run, which is a really good stat that a lot of analytics people use to figure out, you know, if people, you know, if wide receivers are actually good, you know, when they're on the field, when they're running routes, they're getting used. You know, this, this takes in efficiency, it takes in volume, it takes in everything. And that was 17th in the NFL, which for a rookie running uh, wide receiver who's dealing with injuries and the terrible Giants offense, that's pretty good. Also, we know he can do a lot of damage after the catch, 66.7% juke rate. That means he juked out two of every three people that he tried to. That was first in the NFL. So the yards of the catchability is obviously incredible. We, you know, we knew that coming out of college you know his film was full of highlight plays and something he did really well when he was on the field also was against man coverage uh some really good numbers against man coverage uh 32.5 percent target rate versus man fifth in the league 40.3 percent win rate 18th in the league i'm just throwing these things out there almost two yards target separation against man coverage doing really well so looking at all these stats when he's on the field he gets targeted when he gets targeted he gets yards, and once he has the ball, he makes people miss. Sounds like a guy I want on my team because there's no one else there that can do that. So until a different, better wide receiver gets there, Kadarius Tony is it. And I don't believe that Daniel Jones is the best quarterback out there, but I do think he's slightly better than he was last year. And if Kadarius Tony can stay healthy for the majority of the season, I think he's going to provide a lot of fantasy upside that people are not looking at right now. What are you paying to get him? So you could have got him last year for a second. You can get him this year for a second. Uh, mid to late second, you probably can get Kadarius Tony off somebody because there's been rumors about, you know, he's not, you know, invested in football. He's lackadaisical. Uh, that's the rumors going around. But then you talk to the coaches at the Giants football training camp and they're like, yeah, 
He's been here the whole time. He's been studying the playbook. One of the best guys out here, character-wise, you know. The, the rumors don't match up with the, what the coaches are saying. So take advantage yeah. of it. And it's also important to uh, remember, it's more important what the coaches think than what Twitter thinks, yep. what fantasy Twitter thinks. So just remember that. So, all right, we are going to play the commercials, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk tight ends. Uh, again, rebuilding tight ends. So um, listen to me talk for two and a half minutes. <laughs> Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. Best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Now's the time to reap the benefits of being a dynasty player that follows the NFL year-round. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? Way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap, navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now. What about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link will be in the description. Are you looking to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price? It's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings, and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code DynastyRewind, you will get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow. And lastly, do you, my friends, want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Make sure you visit ViridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use the promo code REWINDER, all caps, at checkout for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind and Dynasty Rewind only merch. Again, don't forget, ViridianGlobal.com is the only place that you will find official Dynasty Rewind merchandise. Thanks again, everybody. All right, so we are back, and now we are ready to talk some tight end trade targets for your rebuilding team. And let's see, Nate, you're actually going to call you – know, excuse me, you're going to kick this one off. I was very surprised by who you selected, I won't lie. Um, but again, why are we targeting these players? What are we paying to acquire them? Nate, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to pick the same guy that I've talked about a ton. <laughs> yeah, Chev, you know. I was going to pick Love Cole Komet, but Love I can't it. talk about Cole Komet every single show. So if you want to know about Cole Komet, Bob's going to put a link right here for Cole Komet <laughs> video. Click on it. He likes um, when you tell him to put the links down. He loves it. I know he does. He does. Yeah. It's great. So Cole Komet right down there. Anyway, uh, so I had to pick somebody else. So I went with David Njoku because this is a guy that just signed a long-term contract. He has Deshaun Watson. That's his 
quarterback? I don't know. Nobody knows. No one knows. Um, so that I pay attention to what's happening there. No one knows, but just pay attention because if it's not Deshaun Watson, it's Jacoby Brissett. Correct. Which then hey, maybe that's not as exciting. But David Njoku, full of athletic talent. We've known that for a while now. He's never really produced, and I've never been a huge fan of him, but he's getting paid as much as Mark Andrews. Hmm. It's ridiculous, but he's getting paid as much as Mark Andrews. They have 15 million reasons a year to use him in the passing game. Also, beyond him in the passing game, it's Amari Cooper, and that's about it. Uh, David Bell and Donovan Peoples-Jones are both there, but those guys are not going to really take over a huge target share, I don't think. So I could see David Njoku being the you know, number two target in that offense. He also is playing for a head coach that likes to use tight ends. So I think, you know, Harrison Bryant's going to be relevant at times, but, you know, Najoku is the tight end one there as much as I would much rather have it be Bryant. So if you're going to take a chance on a tight end, take a chance on an athletic tight end who has a long-term contract. David Najoku fits that profile. Um, he's pretty cheap right now. He's, I think he's going around like tight end 20 or something like that, probably going down as we speak with all the Watson news that's coming out. So um, whether Watson's there or not, he's still athletic. He still has the ability to create yards after the catch as long as they can get in the ball. So a guy that in most of your leagues you can probably acquire for like a third-round pick, maybe a late second, um, especially with a pick this year. So go out there. You can grab this guy. You can just see what happens with him. I mean, I think – even if he doesn't take off and, you know, the whole Cleveland Brown situation doesn't get any better, he's still a guy that's going to maintain his value because he's going to be looked at as an athletic tight end for the next three, four years while he's still only 25 years old. And, you know, he's got the, he's got the contract. So it's not a guy you got to worry about. He's going to be in the street in a year or two. All right. Perfect. Joku won't be homeless in a year or two, so Nate says definitely take a chance on him. Well, actually, Austin Hooper was, so. Okay, true. Fair enough. Um, Chev, you are up next. Not Austin Hooper is your selection, which is a no, good one. Um, who are you taking a chance on if you're rebuilding and need a tight end? Najoku getting paid Andrew's money is insane. That is bonkers to me, and he hasn't done nothing. What a but- value for Andrews, right? What a value for Andrews. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are just a different franchise. They're built different over there. Uh, but my guy is Noah Fant. Noah Fant is a guy who has probably been forgotten about by a lot of leagues due to him being traded in the Russell Wilson trade. I can remember Russell Wilson, I see it traded to the Broncos. I'm like, Noah Fant, let's go, baby, let's eat. Noah Fant's in the trade, head of the old Seattle where you got Drew Locke as your quarterback again, which, hey, maybe that plays benefit to him. Maybe Drew Locke is the guy, and he already has the, he already has the connection with him. Maybe that helps him out. Or you get Geno Smith. But I, I think Noah Fant could be a guy that they're probably not going to have a lot of games where it's close. They're going to probably have to throw the football a good amount throughout the season. And Noah Fant, to me, is a guy that can play in the middle and be – one of those protecting guys that you can throw the football to him and you're going to feel happy with that about it. You're going to be a safety blanket for one of these quarterbacks because they're probably not going to be trying to sling the ball super deep. I don't know if they're going to have a lot of time in the pocket to get that done. So I just don't see Seattle being super great, but no offense played on a team with bad quarterbacks, got 90 targets, went over 600 and 
50 yards each season. He's been a top 12 guy last year. It's not that hard to be a top 12 guy at tight end, but I think he has potential to keep growing and keep continuing what he's doing. Like I said, if Drew Locke's the quarterback, he's already going to have that connection with him. He's a safety blanket for Drew Locke when all those other wide receivers were down and hurt. So I think Noah Fant's a guy who's played almost every single game in his career so far. I think he's missed three games, so he's he's reliable. And he's somebody that gets 90 targets a season. So if we can get that same Noah Fant, I think you'll be happy with his production if you're a rebuilding team. Is it going to be great? No, but honestly, it also helps you in the long run. You're probably not trying to win a lot of games, so Noah Fant's a guy that you feel confident in. He could blow up, or if he's a dud, I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of helps you. But I think Noah Fan is still going to produce probably 500 yards, probably have 60 receptions, probably be targeted a good amount as well. I know they have good wide receivers in Seattle, but I just don't see them being peppered a whole ton with the core that they have at quarterback. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. I mean, look, Geno Smith, if he plays in four games last year, 702 yards, five touchdowns, one pick. I don't think he started that many. It doesn't say here on ESPN how many games he started. He's also sacked 13 times in four games. So um, Seattle's problem, not tight end, not quarterback. Fix that line, Seattle. I don't remember what they did in the draft to address it. To be honest with you, I don't pay much attention to the Seattle. kind of is quarterback it's, problem, but. Yeah, well, it's not all of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> let us move on. And this is where Pork talks about Gerald Everett. No, he doesn't, actually. Um, <laughs> who do you got for us? Oh, was that a shot, Mike? What the freak? Because I can't like Gerald Everett? Yes. All right. So my tight end uh, rebuild is uh, Robert Tanyan. Um, I know last Knox? year. <laughs> no. Yeah. Stop, Nate. <laughs> no. Um, Robert Tanyan, you know, he had a rough year last year. I believe he only played like six games. Um, but the year prior, um, he came out of nowhere, had over, I believe he had 50 receptions and over 500 yards. And uh, everybody liked what he saw. He was super cheap. Uh, a lot of people picked him up off of the waiver wire. 52 receptions, 586 yards. But, you know, the thing that everybody really talked about was the touchdown. He had 11 touchdowns, which is a, a boatload of touchdowns. It's something that we we're looking for in the in the tight end landscape of fantasy because they're not really getting much um, volume if you're not, you know, the top three guys that we're usually looking for, the Wallers, the Kelseys. Um, the Kittles when he's healthy. So you got to, you know, kind of rely on some of that touchdown upside that we have um, in fantasy. Um, so with Devontae Adams going, which was 169 targets, um, MVS going, we had a, he had a bunch of targets as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not going to rely on – he's not going to rely on his rookies right away, the Christian Watson, the Romeo Dobes and stuff like that. He's going to go back to some of his, his regular guys, um, like the Alan Lazards. And I think um, with a healthy Robert Tunyon, um, I think Tunyon is going to be one of those guys that he's going to rely on in the in the red zone. And I think he'll get more targets in the middle of the field. Um, so basing off of what he did last year, I know he only played eight games, had 18 receptions and 204 yards, but you know, I believe that was just majority of that was just injuries. So, um, so when he's when he comes back and and does that, he he'll be pretty good. Um, so I think you can acquire him for really cheap right now. Just you know, looking at them stats, you can get him for a third, or you can throw a fourth at somebody, and I think somebody might take it because they just think he's just a waste of space um, because they're not thinking about um, of what of you know. I think you know you get into rookie mode 
with the Christian Watson and the Romeo Doves. I think they think he's going to just target him and and uh, target them guys and just forget about Tanya because they think, well, he's just trash. It was a one-year wonder. But we've seen – I think he's not a one-year wonder. I think he's a really, really good tight end um, that can produce this year, and I think he can get a contract and, and, and stay there with the Aaron Rodgers. He's going to play till he's about, what, 45 anyway, so – I hope not. <laughs> He'll be good. <laughs> For sure's sake, I hope not. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me either way how long Aaron Rodgers plays, to be honest with you. But Pork, uh, telling you to go grab some Robert Tunyon. I'll wrap it up. And I'm going to tell you that I think, uh, like Josh Jacobs that uh, Chef talked about before, I think Pat Fryermuth is a guy who's great on a rebuild, but great on a contender as well. Kind of one of those guys that fits either mold. Um Almost 500 yards receiving last year with a very, very declined Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to have a chance to make a connection with a rookie quarterback or if Mitchell Trubisky is the guy for the year, I think he could be relevant with him as well. Um, what I noticed the value for him is I've seen him going for a lesser tight end and some picks. So people are viewing Fryermuth as a bit of an upgrade um, or he's a guy that has been used as a leverage to get a top tier tight end. I saw some trades where it was like, uh, I saw one, it was Frymuth in a second for like TJ Hawkinson. Um, I saw a really elaborate trade for him uh, to get Kyle Pitts, which there's not enough room on the show sheet for me to write that down. I didn't want to spend an hour typing everything out. Um, straight up wise, if you're looking for a pick, I see him like a late first, if it's a tight end premium or a mid to late second without a tight end premium. So he's acquirable. If you've been moving assets and you have a stockpile of picks, I'm fine with trading for Pat Fryermuth. And I do want to throw out one honorable mention as well. It's Bryson Hopkins, kind of as a value stash. If you have room for him somewhere, it's more of a gut feeling for me. I did have some good catches in the Super Bowl versus the Bengals. He's only behind Tyler Higby on the depth chart. Tyler Higby has not been what we wanted him to be so far, um, and Higby is also currently 29 years old. So maybe Jacob staffing. Harris, anybody? <clears throat> Jacob Harris is behind Tyler Higby on the depth chart, and he's also coming off an injury. Levy tore his ACL. Nate, any other questions? Jacob Harris over Tyler Higby put on the board. No. <laughs> Jacob Harris versus Bryson Hopkins. That's what we need. That's yeah, scrub bed of the week. That, there you go. Scrub bed of the year, if you think about it. So <laughs> there you uh, go. Those are guys I'm trying to trade for. Hopkins might even be on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, too. Probably. So if you Probably. have room, throw three fab dollars. Uh, unless you're in a league with me, then I have all your fab money. You don't have any. So uh, I, you know what? I'd love to have a league where I have all the fab money in the entire league. That would be fantastic. So those are our rebuilding team trade targets and come back next week as we are talking about some running backs to build your team around some veterans you want to acquire and maybe something else. If you'd like to know, you'll have to tune in next week. That's called the teaser. So for Chev, Pork and Nate, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everyone be kind, please rewind. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind, please rewind.